And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Jack Webb stars as Detective Pat Novak. On Pat Novak for Hire from 1949. But first, it's TV Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular TV shows. I'll try to name the show while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's it, Carl. So uh, I think you'll be very successful. I think these are shows that you are familiar with. These are popular TV shows of all time. Okay. Okay, so we'll have a little bit of fun revisiting some of these shows that we all appreciated back in the. I guess 60s through the 90s here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here is your first show. Mm. Orson, is that you? Of course it's me. Who else has your number? Oh, that's right. I forgot I've got an unlisted mind. What's up, great cosmic intruder? It seems the report of your first week on Earth was accidentally destroyed. Oh, a likely story. Trying to pull a Nixon on me, eh? After all those reports were stored on microwire cassette. They are. However, your superiors were chewing caramels... And use that report to floss their teeth. Okay, I think I know I would hope you do. I'm pretty sure that's Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy is right, aired on ABC from 78 to 82. Mm. And you know that was a spinoff after an episode of... Happy Days. Happy Days, that's exactly right. And, of course, who played the role of Mork from um, Mork? Robin Williams. Exactly. Man, and I'm just You're just right on answers. it today. Holy and cow. this is a take. I took my Provagen, that's th- why. This show is a take from a 1960s sitcom. Did you know that? It's a take from a 19- yeah. Oh, My Favorite Martian. That's exactly it. So huh. what do you even need me here? Man. Wow, you are on it. Woo. Okay. Well, don't get too am, comfortable here. <laughs> I am uh, on a roll like butter. Oh, that was slow. You got to be really quick on I the know. trigger there. Yeah, I got a lot of buttons. <laughs> I got a lot of trouble over there. Uh, let's go to the next show. One of your favorites. It was on from 75 to 79. First thing you got to do is Vinnie Barbarino look. Okay? Your hair, for instance. Very casual. It should look like it's being blown by unseen winds. <laughs> yeah, it looks better. Unseen All right. The second is Vinnie Barbarino stance. Yeah. Okay? Now, stance, when you're with a girl, you, know? you don't want to let him know okay. that you're there, right? Very yeah. nonchalant. Oh, my god! As gosh. much as you want to be that him, you can't so be him. That is so great. And in the clip, I just had to get it, and that was... Oh, it's Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome Back, Cotter. And that was with John Travolta. Yeah, as Vinny Barbarino. As Vinny oh, Barbarino. What a rubber hose. And he was... Um, we starred uh, Gabe Kaplan as a high school teacher in... What was the name of their class? Um, the remedial education I class. Don't know. Yes, you do. What is the it? The Sweat Hogs. Oh, yeah, the Sweat Hogs. Right? Yeah. So that was John Travolta's breakthrough oh, the, role... The 
the, no question. They were all known as the Sweat Hogs. Yes, that's right. I thought you wanted the name of the school. Oh no, I, I don't think that was an actual school. Right, so so I, some I'm, of the great characters. I'm still I'm still uh, undefeated here. I've gotten every one of them. Oh, right. you'll be undefeated on TV Jeopardy. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. All right. These are the greatest shows of all time. Next show. It just so happens that today, that boy, I saved a boy's life. Oh yeah. Mm, that's fine. Oh, Grandpa, you're not eating. Well, doesn't anyone want to hear about my heroic deed? <laughs> All right, Herman. Hey, what did you do? Yes, Herman, we're listening. I just might not tell you now. <laughs> hey, good. Uh, pass the Brussels sprouts. Please. Oh, my now, gosh. Wait, I'm going to tell you what happened. Listen to that whole voice. Family's gonna listen. That's Fred Gwynn. My sure father-in-law. All right, so uh, that's an easy one. That's the Munsters. That is the Munsters, and that was Fred Gwynn as yeah. Herman Munster. Al Lewis, Al Lewis as, uh, as grandpa, grandpa, and Yvonne DiCarlo as, as his wife, Lily. 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 Exactly right. And they lived at? Um, something, 1313 Mockingbird Lane. In the fictional city of? Oh, that I don't remember. You do. Um, Mockingbird mm. Heights. Oh, okay. Yeah. It kind of makes it well. sense with the address. <laughs> uh, this is the good stuff, right? Yeah. This is the good stuff. I, I never miss the monsters. No. You know, I think like right after the monsters was the Adams family, and yeah. that I would turn off. But now I like the Adams family. But Better back than you then, did then. I didn't really care for the Adams family so much. I was a monsters fan myself. Yeah. So this is a little walk down memory lane. We've got one more for you. Another show. I don't know if you used to watch my, it. My, but... We didn't mention my favorite monster. Which is Marilyn? Uh, yeah, Marilyn. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> that was definitely my favorite How monster. did I know? <laughs> yeah. She was really hard on the eyes, you know? Yes, for Marilyn. sure. That's why I kind of guessed Marilyn on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their niece, right? That was yeah. their niece, Marilyn. And here's the next show. It aired from 1960 to 68. What's all this for? These are the candidates, Ange. <laughs> <laughs> Candidates for what? For deputy. I gotta have a deputy. See what he did, Andy? Hit me with a tomato. Just plop. He threw a tomato at me. Tomato. Ask him why he threw a tomato at me. You're at attention, three. What did you throw a tomato at him for, Bart? Nothing, Andy. I'll clean him up later. You know, this is a show you can watch it over and over. And even if you've seen it before, you still love it. Right? Right. So it definitely holds up. And this is... The Andy Griffith Show. Exactly. It was on CBS. So there were 159 episodes in black and white, wow. 90 in color. 159 right. episodes and 90 in color. Exactly. And did you know that this series originated from an episode of the Danny Thomas Show? Yes, I did know All that. Right. Well, I think Danny Thomas might. was a pr- the producer of the show as right. well. Exactly. And we I have think co-creator, maybe. Andy Griffith as Andy Taylor. And yeah. I mean, some of the best characters ever. And of course, uh, Barney Fife was Don Knotts. Yeah. And um, and of course, Ron Howard was little. Opie, yeah, little so Ronnie Howard, a, a child turned star out to even be then. big, big <laughs> time director. <laughs> he sure did, and much more. Uh, all right, well, well I got great them all job! Right, yeah, Lisa. it was just meant Holy to, you Toledo. know, relive the best, uh, the best of television. I tell you that Prevagen, man, that Prevagen works. Yeah, that must be it. All right, when we come back, it's Pat Novak for hire. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Don't forget, if you want to give your pastor a pastor box, he would love it or she would love it. Go to pastorbox.com. Use promo code I love my pastor. 
for $25 off each quarterly shipment. And um, I have a couple of the shipments because I wanted to see what it was like before we put them on the radio. I am telling you, these boxes are filled with the most incredible reading material and listening material. It's awesome. Uh, give a give a pastor box to your pastor. Go to I love and use promo code I love my pastor. Go to pastorbox.com. All right, we're uh, we're about to listen to a Pat Novak for Hire radio show. You know, before Jack Webb started Sergeant Joe Friday on Dragnet, that be you know that became the biggest police procedural of all time. He starred as a detective on a West Coast network uh, out of KGO in San Francisco a detective series called Pat Novak for Hire, and it was really fantastic. It didn't go nationally right away because he then went back to California and started working on Dragnet, and then another actor, Ben Morris, took over, and then it did go national. But these early few episodes that we have with Jack Webb as uh, Pat Novak are something to behold. They're really great. I have one for you now called the Marsha Halpern Case, from February 27th, 1949, this is is a good one. Here's Pat Novak for Hire. Ladies and gentlemen, the American Broadcasting Company brings to its entire network one of radio's most unusual programs. Pat Novak for Hire. out in front of my office reads that way. Pat Novak for hire. Oh, there's no way to dress it up. If you're in business down on the San Francisco waterfront, everything but murder is a parlor trick. You rob a few graves, you can pay the rent, and nobody cares if you got sore eyelids. You get that way from winking at too many things. Oh, it's a good living if you don't run short of bail bonds and benzedrine. I discovered that Friday night... After the fight broadcast, I wound up in a little whiskey barrel on Powell Street. I had a Glasgow farmer out of the red when they closed the bar, and I drifted across the street for a cup of coffee. When I came out, it was raining, and the street was deserted. I stood in the doorway and watched the dull neons through the rain. They looked splotched and dim, like watercolors rubbed with a damp rag. It was beginning to rain harder, and... I started out of the doorway when she ducked in and bumped up against me. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, just wait for your blockers on the next one, huh? I guess I bumped into you. Don't go out on a limb. Oh, I'm very sorry. I, I guess I didn't know where I was going. You seem to be headed in the right direction. How do you mean? Forget I noticed. It's raining awfully hard. Hmm. I wonder if you ever noticed how... When it rains, you feel lonely and lost? Yes. Yes, that's it. How when it rains, you feel lonely and lost. Yeah, well, we're both great readers, so if you'll let me get by, I want to get a cab. Yes, I... I wonder if I could ask you something funny. The bars are closed. No, I... I meant coffee. 
I'll pay for it. All right. In here? Sure. Come on. The counter will do. All right. What's it going to be? Hey, you back again? Yeah, two coffees. How come? I'm nervous. Two coffees. You like a bear claw, maybe? You know what we want? Two coffees? Yeah. Be right with you. Thank you. I know it's funny asking you in here, but I have to talk to someone. I don't know what I'm doing. I won't argue. Been away a long time. Guess a long time. Yeah, the kids will be glad to see you back. Huh? Stop it, will you, sis? Get to the point. Put the show on the road. Yes. I think I've lost my memory. At least it seems that way at first. Who are you? I don't know. Suppose you don't believe it. No, but I convince hard. Here you are. Two coffees. Everything all right? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. I'll be down here if you need anything else. You thought up a name yet, Buster? Oh, you'd be crazy to believe me. Guess you'd be crazy, but... I can't remember anything. I guess... Now, look, lady. If you got amnesia, see the police. But you don't believe me. I don't know. Maybe you are leveling. But if you're off your rocker, go to the police. But suppose... Suppose there's something that happened before and... The police would be looking for me. Please, would you try to help me? How bad are you? Do you know what town you're in? Yes. Have you been here before? Do you live here? I think maybe. Seems like a place I've been. All right, I'll put you in a cab. You go see the police. No. That's so funny. I... I think I'll go outside for a minute. I don't want Hilda to know. Please, I... I'm going to call the police. Mister, your girlfriend's on the floor. Yeah, any suggestions? No, she's your date. All right, here, give me a hand, will you? Well, where are you going to take her? The hospital. She's an amnesia case. I hope your memory's good. Huh? You'll need it for answers. Your girlfriend's passed out for good. Don't tell me. I feel a pulse, mister. You're going to have to start over. Because she's all used up. That's good. You got a wailing wall? Sure. Use the counter while I call homicide. It didn't take 20-20 vision to see I was in trouble. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it wasn't. I didn't have any idea why she keeled over there. But with a figure like hers, I knew it wasn't old age. That call to homicide meant Hellman was going to be in the picture soon. Then I'd stand about as much chance as a cornfield in a stone quarry. Well, I went through the girl's stuff. She had no identification. There were a couple of snapshots of her, but no name. I told the waiter my name and where Hellman could find me. Then I got out of there. I looked up Jocko Madigan, an ex-doctor who liked his booze pretty well. Smart guy, but he used a mason jar for a jigger. I finally found him holed up in some after-hours joint on Geary Street. He was talkative. Hello, Patsy. A small jug for Mr. Novak, waiter. I want to talk to you, Jocko. Patsy, you shouldn't be here. It's after-hours. Yeah, look, Jocko, I need some help. What do you know about amnesia? Oh, a temporary blessing. I thought I had it myself once. Oh, stop it, will you? But it just turned out to be a case of bad bourbon, a peasant's drink, I've decided. Get up the street level long enough for me to talk. I'm in trouble. Yes? I met some blister tonight who took a dive after one cup of coffee. Oh, I see. 
She had amnesia, or she thinks she did. Oh, she's dead. Why worry about amnesia? <laughs> it's a minor ailment. Because Hellman's going to think I had something to do with it. She picked out my lap. Don't you see how it's going to add up? I have high hopes. i got to do something in a hurry. Uh, was she a nice girl? Yes, I guess so. How come you met her? What difference does it make? Tell me about amnesia. Could she phony it? Maybe. Not for long. What makes you think she did? I don't know. She acted like a butterfly with a jag on, and she headed straight for me. It just doesn't add. No. What cell block can I find you in? You can get off your spine and go to work for me. You know the hospital circuit. Hit them all and find out everything you can about recent amnesia cases. Well, how far back do I go? Until you find one that jibes with this girl. It's impossible. Where do I start? I feel like Noah when they told him to beat the flood. She's blonde, blue eyes, expensive clothes. How big? Just the right size for a good dream. Start checking now and give me a ring at my place. No identification? None. She only said one thing when she fell. Oh, something crude? No, she mentioned a gal by the name of Hilda. That should be easy to trace. Sure. Just look it up in the phone book. You will find it uh, somewhere between Hellman and Homicide. Right, lover? Well, there wasn't anything I could do for the next few hours except sublet from an ostrich. I had to keep undercover because all I had to work on was a couple of snapshots and a girl named Hilda. Neither figured to get me out of this mess. Hellman was bound to ask a lot of questions because I had as much business being with a dead girl as Lucky Luciano in a finishing school. After I left Jocko, I took a C-car downtown and I went home to grab some sleep. When I walked in the apartment, the lights were out. But that didn't make any difference. Hellman's badge was shining like a lake in Ireland. He was making himself at home with my ice cubes. Hello, Novak. Put the light on so I can watch you turn pale. All right, Hellman, get to the point. Sure. Who was your girlfriend? I don't know. She was the coy type. So are you, Novak. You're going to look good sucking your thumb in the gas chamber. I suppose your coroner is full of good news. She died of an overdose of sleeping pills. The coroner's report is murder. How about the space mark suicide? No dice. You don't take sleeping pills, then tour the town for a spot to take a nap. So she died in a coffee joint. What am I supposed to do, carry a stomach pump? You're supposed to tell me who she is. We'll go from there. I don't know. Neither did she. I've got that down as a lie. You file it any way you want, Hellman. She was amnesia. So are you, Novak. All right, hire a medium then. I told you. She came into the restaurant a total stranger. We got social, but she died a total stranger. How are you going to prove it? I don't know. If I know who she was, I wouldn't play footsie with you. Do I have to draw a map? She came in trying to sort out her marbles and never got there. I see. What did you find out? How about clothes markings? That's your department. How about laundry marks? I don't know. I guess she washed her own. Look, Novak, you're a big boy now. You're in a spot. If you want to help, now's the time to do it. You got everything I know. From here on, you work the ball downfield. All right. You just answer the doorbell from time to time. When you see a guy grinning out there, that'll be me coming to pinch you for murder. Well, that'll take lots of doing, mister, and lots of proof. You remember that. I'll try, Novak. But I may get amnesia. Good night, big shot. All right, that is the first portion of Pat Novak for a hire. You heard that deep voice Inspector Hellman there. That was Raymond Burr, right? Right. Harry Mason himself. Tudor Owen as uh, Jocko Madigan, the uh, drunken ex-doctor. And, of course, Jack Webb as Pat Novak. We'll get back to it in just a few moments. Our show here, Hollywood 360, is live. We broadcast it every Saturday evening, Lisa Wolf and I uh, come here. Mike Costella is our executive producer. And we broadcast this five-hour show across uh, hundreds of radio stations, 
coast to coast. Not all of our stations, though, carry the full five-hour show. And so that means you out there in Radio Land, if your station doesn't carry the full five-hour show, you may be missing some of the classic radio programs. Well, if that's the case, you might want to sign up for our podcast. You can go to our website, sign up, get it sent to you every Monday, the full five-hour show with links that never expire. You'll also get a... um, Additional podcast called Radio Rarities that Lisa and I co-host about um, classic radio rare shows, right? Right. Radio Rarities are very rare radio shows. It yeah. kind of makes sense on the title. It I don't does. know who thought of that. Go to our website. It's Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. Or you can call our number, talk to a live operator, 815-900-7535. 815-900-7535. We'll be right back. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. I'm Carl Amari, your host, Lisa Wolf here, the vivacious one herself. What did you think of your Mies Meals this week? Oh, this was one of my favorites this yeah. week. So I always order the one. This is on there. It's a it's got tofu and sweet potatoes and kale and a peanut sauce. It's really delicious. <laughs> I'm sure Mike had <laughs> and brown meat. rice. Yeah, Mike, tell us about it. I had chicken frances. How was it? Phenomenal. Right. Phenomenal. How was yours, Mike? I don't know if Mike... So we're talking about Mies Meals because we are so lucky to have uh, Mies Meals delivered to our house every Monday. And we go to the MiesMeals.com. I'm looking at it right now. And we will pick some new items for this week from the menu. There's about, what, 12, 14 options here. Oh, okay. Here it is. Spicy Szechuan green beans and tofu. Mm. Like that's my perfect perfect dinner. That's yeah, perfect. I'm sure there'll be a chicken dish for me. So there's buffalo chicken pita. Yeah. Uh, steak Vesuvio. Oh. So all of us will be really, really happy right there. There's I'm going to take the steak. There you go. There's a salmon and there's steak. Ch- chicken fajitas. Steak. There's a wonderful menu. And what we always say about Mies Meals is it allows us to prepare food that we wouldn't normally get to do because we just don't know how. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even think of it, though. You know, they come, they have like these in brain chefs. Yeah. They're like not only great at cooking, they're great at coming up with ideas. And they make it so easy for us because everything comes pre-measured and chopped and prepped and washed and ready to go with a little recipe card that tells you step-by-step step what to do. And even I can prepare a gourmet meal. Yep. I'll tell you what, folks. We're so excited about Mies Meals. 
They're one of our sponsors, and they have a very special offer for all of our listeners. The very first time you try Mee's Meals, you can take 50% off your order by using the promo code CARL at checkout. That is quite an offer. And I'll tell you what, you're you're not going to believe how great they are. You will want to continuously order from Mee's Meals because the food is so amazing. It's so fresh, and it comes to you just super fresh and ready to cook. And it's super convenient when yeah. it gets delivered to your door. You've got your your whole dinner prepared in under half an hour. Yeah. And Hot, it's on fresh, the table. ready to go. Your whole family is going to be like, wow, mom, or wow, dad, thank <laughs> you for this incredible, incredible dinner. Go to Mies, M-E-E-Z, meals.com, meesmeals.com. Make sure you use promo code CARL at checkout and take 50% off your first order, Mies Meals. We love Mies Meals. We also love Pat Novak for Hire, Jack Webb, who was one of the greatest talents from the golden age of Hollywood. He did movies, he did radio and uh, television. Of course, Dragnet was on TV for like 20 years. And I remember the um, the color versions of that, but before color, they of course did them in black and white. First started out on TV in black and white, and then when color became popular, they were like, well, let's let's shoot this in color. I remember watching those all the time as a kid. And now you can watch them in reruns on Antenna TV and, you know, and all that good stuff. Anyway, um, let's get back to this now. It's called the Marsha Halpern case, February 27th, 1949. The conclusion to Pat Novak for hire. When Hellman left, I backed into my headache and went to bed. Oh, sure, I was in a spot now. The scorecard said murder, and I was the medalist on the first round. If the police didn't know who she was, that meant she had no record we could work on. I still had the funny hunch about that gal pulling a phony. But if it was phony, I was worse off. I had all the best arrows in town pointing to me. Once Hellman began to build a case, I could throw away those vacation folders... I slept until about nine. The phone began to ring, and I rolled over, expecting to hear Gabriel on the other end of the line. It was just Jocko. Hello, Novak talking. This is Jocko. I've been working all night. We'll build a monument later. What'd you find out? The morning paper says the girl was murdered. Yeah, Hellman gave me a preview. What'd you find out at the hospitals? I've got a complete list of amnesia victims. I know more lost souls than a Hong Kong bartender. Yeah. Most of them are men. Trying to get away from the little woman. Well, you're a big help, Jocko. Don't hang up till you hear about the girl. Go ahead. Nothing on file for the last eight years. In 1941, a 17-year-old girl walked out of California General Hospital. She hasn't been heard of since. How's the description? Oh, it fits like last year's bathing suit. She was Marcia Halpern, the daughter of Emery Halpern. Yeah? Who's he? A pocket-heavy guy down on Montgomery Street. I'll get right down there. Thanks, Jocko. You saved my life. Well, I hadn't intended to go that far. See you later. Well, it was my one chance, even if the odds looked bad. I called up Halpern's office. They said he wasn't in to try him at home. It was listed for a place up on Pacific Heights, so I took a cab over there. When I walked in the lobby, I could tell old man Halpern was making as much money as you can without your own printing press. 
The apartment made Buckingham Palace look like something George had picked up at a fire sale. The doorman was a sober-looking specimen, the kind of guy that breathes every other Tuesday. He gave me the fish eye as I went up the elevator to the third floor. Halpern's apartment was at the east end. The butler showed me in, and I waited in the living room. It was a real cozy place about the size of a small rugby field. A door opened on the side, and 200 pounds of Regency oozed into the room like a wet ghost. Good morning. I'm Mr. Taylor. I'm Novak. Where's Halpern? Well, Mr. Halpern is away on a business trip. I'm Mark Taylor, the family lawyer. <laughs> I believe that's the phrase. Oh. Well, I'll drop by later, huh? Uh, perhaps I can help you. I take care of most of Mr. Halpern's business now. Did you know his daughter? Uh, yes, yes. It was quite tragic. That's what I hear. She was a victim of amnesia. She forgot all the details of her home. Must have been a temptation. Did the police ever do anything on it? The police were not advised. Mr. Halpern hired private detectives, but she was never found. Yes, it was quite tragic. You wear your mourning a long way, Taylor. She'd be about 25 now, wouldn't she? Taffy hair, blue eyes, nice figure. I believe she had leanings in that direction. Why, Mr. Novak? I think I may know where she is. You don't know what that would mean to this family, Mr. Novak. You don't know what it would mean to me, Mr. Taylor. Here's a snapshot. Yeah, let me see it. Well, Taylor, this is not a B-movie. This is a picture of Marsha Halpern. You sure? I don't make many mistakes, Mr. Novak. All right, if you've used up your quota. She's downtown. I'll get in touch with Mr. Halpern right away. No, take your time. She's dead. She... When? Last night, she got sleepy. What? Yeah, that's right. Somebody gave her enough sleeping pills to stock a drugstore. I see. After all these years, to come back, and then this... Uh, it was most... most tragic? Yes, yes, I was about to say that. It would be a great blow to Mr. Halpin. It would be a very great blow to Mr. Halpin. Have the police any ideas? A few. Do you know anybody named Hilda? No, why? They're just sweeping out the corners. When's Halpin due? This afternoon. I'll arrange an... A... Excuse me, please. All right. Hello, this is Mark Taylor. No, that can't be right. Well, when did it happen? Uh, yes. Yes, please keep me advised. You ought to wear a purple suit, Taylor. I have bad news, Mr. Novak. Brace yourself. I'm lightheaded. Go ahead. Mr. Halpin was killed in a motor accident last night. His car plunged down a ravine near Sacramento. Mm -hmm. That's very strange. Yeah, that must have been a great blow to Mr. Halpin. Well, I left there and went downstairs. All the way down, I had the funny feeling that something was wrong, the way a person feels when he goes into a doctor's office with an incurable disease. It may have been Taylor. I don't know. He seemed all right, but... I still had that feeling that something was out of place, like a broken line in a perfect picture. I crossed the street and called Hellman. It was too early in the day because he was as sad as a tap dancer in moccasins. Hellman talking. This is Novak. How's the case? You look better every minute. How's the identification? We're moving slow. So far, we know she's a woman. That's right. Her name's Marcia Halpern. She disappeared in 1941 with amnesia. San Francisco? Yeah. She's the daughter of Emery Halpern. Right, we'll check with old man Halpern. You better send your best man because he rolled a car and killed himself last night. Sacramento? I got news for you, too. 
Yeah? We got a statement from that waiter. Who wrote it? He says you brought that girl in for coffee. Also, you were nice and chummy. I knew her for five minutes. With you, that's a lifetime. The guy said you were good friends. That's the way our story's gonna read. You suit yourself. I'm busy. Yeah? Where you going? Same place you are, Hellman, Sacramento. If I didn't move fast, I was deader than a Philadelphia nightclub. When they start taking statements, you can wire them for flowers. I called Jocko and told him to check up on old man Halpern's estate. I borrowed a car and drove up to Sacramento. The accident was just outside of there. When I got to the spot, Hellman was already in charge. He's going to make a fight for the job at last judgment. They were down in the ravine and Hellman was beating around the bushes, making more noise than a Venetian blind and a typhoon. Hello, Hellman. Did you find anything? Get your own hashtag. I'm busy. Where's the body? You get the blues if you don't see one corpse today. He's up in town. Did you notice those tracks up there in the road? Yeah. Double tracks don't mean a thing. Oh, sure. Maybe two cars fell down and one got lost. Wake up, Hellman. If he drove over the side, he sure had a tough time making up his mind. When you're through on that pipe, I'll send over another. I'm going over to the car. Hellman went over to the car and I started looking through the bushes. I don't know what I expected to find. Maybe an old boy scout. After about ten minutes, I shifted over to the other side, and it showed up right near the ground under a bush. Hellman must have seen me because he came right over. Hey, what is it? What'd you find? A handkerchief. Oh. Hmm. That's funny. What's funny about it? So it's a handkerchief. The old man had a nose, didn't he? Well, he must have loved it then. His hanky's loaded with perfume. Take a whiff here. Yeah. Recognize it? Sure. I don't know about you, but I smell a rat. Things began to move. This was the first break, and Hellman knew it. I went back to town, and I tried to get in touch with Jocko, but he was running up a tab somewhere, so I drove over to see Mark Taylor again. When I got to the apartment, I found out he wasn't in, but the pinch hitter was all right. When she opened the door, I got a nice warm feeling, like a melted cheese sandwich. She was standing there in a dark, silk evening gown. It was strapless, and she had no worries. When she spoke, it was like saying, put another log on the fire. Good evening. Taylor in here? Won't you come in? Sure. Mr. Taylor won't be in for a while. I'm waiting for him myself. I see. I'm Pat Novak. Is it urgent? Anything I can do? If it were, you'd get my vote. Who are you? I'm Hilda Travis. I'm a friend of the family. Which family? Would a drink take off the rough edges, Mr. Novak? It might. Good. I'll make one. I brought Taylor a present. How nice. A girdle, maybe? Or am I being catty? No, a handkerchief. This one. Do you like it? Should I? I thought you might want it for a keepsake. I found it in a ditch up in Sacramento about ten feet from Emery Halpern. Poor Emery. Here's your drink. Thanks. Poor Emery. It's full of perfume. You want to smell? That wouldn't do any good. You want to know if it matches my perfume? It's your idea. Go ahead. All right. Now, closer. That's it. See? Yeah. It's early in the evening, Mr. Novak. Don't blow a fuse. I won't until I find out who killed Marcia Halpern. Good luck, for everybody's sake. By the way, the uh, police think you killed her, don't they? Did Taylor brief you? A little. I asked him this morning if he knew a girl named Hilda. He must have forgotten. Yeah, everybody's got amnesia. Just to make things easy, did you kill her? Just to make them hard, did you? I see. Well, just tell Taylor I called. Don't be a savage, Mr. Novak. You haven't finished your drink. And it's raining outside. I'll finish this one. That's good. 
Sit down beside me here. We'll finish our drinks and pray for a cloudburst. She turned out to be an old-fashioned girl. She had about eight of them before I got out of there. I tried to pump her, but she wouldn't talk about Marcia Halpern. I just became a family friend. After I left, I ducked into a drugstore and started phoning Jocko. I finally caught him at the hunt room. He'd worked his way below the label already. Hello, Patsy. I'm having a wonderful time. Yeah, what'd you find out? I just heard a funny story. It's old. What about Halpern? He barely changed his will after the girl died. The whole estate goes to her. Who's next in line? A fellow named Mark Taylor. That's the new part of the will, drawn up three weeks ago. Good boy, Jocko. So I looked up the dope on Mark Taylor. He's a family friend. It's a new club. Go on. Looks all right. Some funny bank book stuff, though. For instance? Well, he drew 3000 bucks out last month for a Lisbon passage. A girl named Helen Dupre. Maybe she's a foreign cinema discovery. Well, he's no talent scout. Meet me down in Homicide in ten minutes, Jocko. If we're lucky, we'll show Hellman something. What? How to draw to an inside straight. Hurry up and don't stop for a bracer. Well, just don't smell my breath. See you soon, Lover. I'd explained everything I could to Hellman when Jocko got there. I went over it for him and sent him out on an errand. He was to meet Hellman and come up to Taylor's apartment. I went on ahead. It was about 11 o'clock when I knocked on the door. Mm, Mr. Novak, so soon. Yeah, I'm coming in. Hello, Taylor. I won't say you're wearing out your welcome, Mr. Novak, but it's getting very thin. You better take time out and pack your bags. Is that nice, Patsy? Because a guy named Hellman wants you for murder. We've been over that once, Mr. Novak. Yeah, but we got a whole new infield this time. Hellman thinks you killed a girl named Helen Dupre. I don't know a girl named Helen Dupre. The bank vouchers say yes. They say you brought her over here six weeks ago. Wait a minute, Patsy. Oh, you made the team too, Angel. They got you all fixed up for old man Halpern's case up in Sacramento. Get out of here, Novak. I left a drink here. Find a bar there. Get out of here. I wouldn't want to jam this gun through your face. Come on in, Hellman. Did you bring him with you? Yeah. Come in here, fella. Is that the girl? Yeah, that's her. Where'd you see her before? Sacramento last night. He's crazy. It's a plant, Mark. Tell him more, Junior. You sure she's the one? Yeah. She was on the road, and I seen her at the car with this old fella. Hang on, lady. The road gets bumpy from here on. My lights were out, so I guess she didn't see me. Take this little guy out of here. I got a story. I seen you hit the old fella, then start the car down the bank. I didn't hit him on the head. I told you that, Mark. Yes, you did. Tell him, Mark. Tell him I was here. How can I when you tipped our mitt? That's right, Taylor. Get out while you can. Tell him I was here, Mark. Well, you little fool, don't you know you told them already? You're a bum guy, Mark. You've been a bum guy all along. I keep my mouth shut. I'll give you a chance to talk. I'll tell you about him, Novak. Shut up, you little half-wit. You're all right on the straightaway, but you're a bad guy on the curves, Mark. Keep still, Angel. For a tin-horned punk like you, I'll talk lost. You'd better say it fast. Yeah. You get any prize in the house, Taylor. Take your choice. Are you working for a living, Hellman? Yep. All right, then, let's go. Yeah. See you downtown, Novak. Is she all right, Jocko? I'm out of practice. Well, Patsy. You like it this way, baby? No complaints. I've always gone first class. I wouldn't like it the other way. Yeah, 
could have used a little more time. But I'm not greedy. Still raining out, Betsy? No. It stopped raining. It's beginning to clear up and over. Come on, Jocko. I'm talking to myself. Well, it seems that Marcia Halpern was dead for years. Somewhere on the other side, a girl named Helen Dupre got the story out of her. She looked a lot like Marcia Halpern, so she waited until after the war and contacted this Mark Taylor. They cooked up a hoax and the pot boiled over. She was supposed to fake amnesia and stumble into the hospital. The pictures in the wallet would be printed. Mark would identify her as Marcia Halpern. The same night they planned to kill the old man the way they did. That way... Helen Dupre and Mark could split the dough, but they figured it wrong. Another girl named Hilda Travers had the story, too. She put the squeeze on Mark, and he blundered. He found out he didn't need a phony Marcia Halpern after all. The new clause in the will gave Mark the dough. So he loaded Helen Dupre with sleeping pills while Hilda gave the old man his last ride. All he had to do was wait for the dough, and then split with Hilda. few things went wrong. Sometimes it only takes one. Helen did her part, but she was no Bernhard. And then at the last minute, she knew something was wrong and mentioned Hilda. I kind of began to wonder when Mark identified that picture so fast. After more than eight years, he identified it immediately. And then there was that handkerchief. From there in, it was freewheeling. All we had to have was a witness. Well, that guy from Sacramento? Well, he was some actor that Jocko picked up in the hunt room. Hellman finally cleaned up the mess. Taylor's in the clink. And of course, the girl already picked up her end of the check. Uh, she was nice, too. If you don't mind claw marks. Well... It all worked out, and Hellman's happy, except that actor keeps calling him up for parts. The American Broadcasting Company has just brought you the third of a new series, Pat Novak for Hire, starring Jack Webb. Jocko Madigan is played by Jack Lewis. Inspector Hellman is played by Raymond Burr. Music was composed and conducted by Basim Ablam. Hmm. You hear that? That's William Conrad there. Mm-hmm. You know, Marshal Matt Dillon of Gunsmoke doing the announcing on there. That is uh, Pat Novak for Hire, February 27th, 1949. The Marsha Halpern case starring Jack Webb. Also in that cast, the great Raymond Burr. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. One of my heroes, Lisa, is a man named William F. Buckley Jr. You might remember him as the host of Firing Line on PBS. He hosted it for more than three decades. Anyway, Buckley got his start as founder of the magazine National Review back in 1955. Even back then, 
We had problems with sensationalistic, sloppy journalism, and he thought Americans deserved a serious conservative voice in the public square. National Review was the answer to that problem, and they are continuing that legacy today. We are proud to be partnering with National Review here at Hollywood 360. More than 65 years later, they are still committed to producing serious journalism from a conservative perspective. If you are looking for a serious news source grounded in America's founding principles, we have a special offer for our Hollywood 360 listeners. Whether you like to read online or prefer a good magazine in your hands, you can start reading today by going to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for 60% off any subscription. All right, time for This Month in Music History. That's right, and this edition of This Month in Music History is all songs from The Music Man. We have Mark Cabanis here, who we're going to talk to next hour. He wrote a book called Miracle of the Music Man. It's the classic American story of Meredith Wilson. So let's hear this song. Well, you got trouble, my friend. Right here, I say trouble right here in River City. Why, sure, I'm a billiard player. Certainly mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. I consider that the hours I spend with a cue in my hand are golden. Help me cultivate horse sense. And a no cool idea. Head oh, and no. What is it? This is You Got Trouble. So, uh, this is a song by Meredith Wilson shot. from the 1957 Broadway musical, The Music Man. Ah. This is one of the most popular and recognizable songs from the show. All right. So, thanks, Lisa. <laughs> you'll learn. More of Hollywood <laughs> 360 after this. Say first, medicinal wine from a teaspoon. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next hour, we'll talk with Mark Cavanis about his new book, Miracle of the Music Man, the classic American story of Meredith Wilson. Plus, we'll play a Burns and Allen show with guest Meredith Wilson. Stick around. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.